0: Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. We hope you enjoy the show, and please feel free to leave us a review. It really does help. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram, or head over to www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk or our sponsor, Evolution Financial Planning for Regulated Advice www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk forward slash podcast
1: hey and welcome to today's show so have you always thought to yourself um i want my kids to be financially educated um but the schools don't do it um why have i had so many money problems um in the past and why has no one taught me this stuff in the past um what am i going to do to help my kids um achieve that Have you sort of felt like you're maybe putting some of your own money issues onto your children? Um, Or maybe you're not aware that you might be already doing that. Have you thought about you want to have a chat with your teenager, but you're not sure where to start? Then we're going to be talking about this and more in this podcast session today um, with Agatha Doo. And she's the founder of My Money, My Honey. And she's also wrote a book, Money Your. Money Coach Your Kids, which is a workbook. So we're going to be talking about pieces of this workbook and pieces of conversations that we can have with our children and our partners around introducing money to our children. So I hope you today enjoy today's show. Um, And let's get talking to Agatha Jew. I'll just very, actually very quickly tell you a little bit about her. She is the founder of My Money Honey, dedicated to helping both adults and children gain deep understanding of the money world with a mission to provide holistic financial education She's provided courses that draw upon her unique blend of knowledge and philosophy and with a teaching diploma over a decade of experience in the financial field. Um, her commitment to providing promoting financial lit- literacy has made her a valuable resource for individuals seeking to navigate complexities of personal finance. So um, let's get talking to Agatha. Welcome, Agatha. I pronounced that correctly, right? Yes excellent welcome to my podcast now how many of my podcasts have you listened to
2: oh gosh so many um uh, yeah so over 18 i think <laughs> oh wow and i've got i think i've got like 110 or something
1: yeah. like that so you've done well you must be my most listened to podcast. maybe <laughs> the only person that listens to my podcast maybe um, so what's what's your favorite podcast so far Apart from your soon-to-be-your one, of course.
2: Uh, no. uh, right. So there were just so many. And yesterday I listened to, um, I don't remember which episode was that, but it was that uh, gentleman from Egon talking about. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that one was, was very, very nice. So different uh, way uh, of approaching people and uh, and money as well. And also the money and polls it's a very hot topic I think so there weren't many many (laughs) many
1: they're all great they are all great there's some of the recent ones which um I've really enjoyed and I'm trying to make sure they're as varied and as helpful and as useful as possible so the reason for inviting you is because um you specifically although you do work with adults um you have recently um wrote a book about money coaching your kids basically around money which I just thought gosh we've got co- we've got to talk about this subject so just tell me a little bit about where you started in your finance career I know you're from Poland originally right and you came to the UK when was it um in
2: 2006 yeah some time ago ago <laughs> yeah and how does that how does the UK's finances compare to Poland's finances? Uh, Well, I've been here for quite a while, so um, I think finances in Poland has changed significantly since I left, Um, but uh, Poland was uh, in the communism for quite a while, and uh, I actually uh, grew up in the post-communist country, so we had a completely different mindset, money mindset, to uh, people in Britain, so I had quite a cultural shock when... um, when I uh, became my life here. an example, country? just for context for me? Yes, yeah, so um, when it comes to the credit cards, so yeah. it was something that I haven't heard of in Poland. Okay. And debt, uh, 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 it was uh, even good or bad debt, it was something really, really uh, people were scared of. So okay. um, it wasn't, credit cards weren't, and um, loans weren't as available as uh, are over here. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Makes sense. Definitely.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, um,
1: you also studied bookkeeping and accountancy courses. And obviously, you've got a master's um, as well. So, you're obviously a very educated lady. But you started working in 2020, sorry, 2010, as a finance manager. So, is that where your love
2: of finance came from? Uh, yes. So, I studied accountancy because it, it, the subject of money was just so. I wanted to learn as much as possible because I um, I didn't know much about money, about the finance world at all, like uh, the the Western world of finance. And uh, this is where I started to investigate it and try to understand the country I live in, and how it operates, and how people manage money and the entire philosophy behind money. Got it. So that's why I started accountancy, and uh, it was it was really really very interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I bet and
1: especially if you come from where you like you described in Poland where it's not really spoken about and there's a real different sort of philosophy around money but you've also studied philosophy right you've already and you come from a generation of farmers so I, I imagine it's a really interesting money mindset background that you've got there what was your I mean what's your own personal biggest struggle when it comes to you know a farming generation um you know a democratic country coming to the UK learning about finance I mean originally you worked as a an au pair and a cleaner when you were just just starting out
2: mm-hmm.
1: you and then, now you've shifted to where you are what what would say has been your biggest struggle in, with your mindset? Mm, debt,
2: uh, credit cards because um, I, I was absolutely petrified of credit cards of debt of any sort so um And try to manage my uh, money um, only this what I had accessible. And, uh, as I said, the reason behind that it was that fear of of debts of loans and the problem arose when we tried to buy our flat, and I didn't have any credit record (laughs) because I didn't have any credit card so I would just use cash or my um, my debit card whatever money I had accessible so basically I didn't build that relationship with the banks and um, so um, I had to change my money mindset around building up that good credit score and um, yeah so I had to take on the credit cards and Uh, just pay it off in full every month just to make sure that I build a good credit relationship with the banks got it got it Mm
1: -hmm. Um, and and on the notes that you sent over to me um, you said that um, obviously you um, have done some work some workshops etc but you go on to say that a year later um, when your son was born financial and financial education became an obsession for you (laughs) Um, so would you
2: say you're obsessed then about finances and money Yes, I really try to understand the way people think about money. So in in Britain, in London, we've got so many different cultures. So um, the way we think about money is driven very much by religion, by the background, culture, where we are from, the society we live in, um, the people we surround ourselves with. So I try to understand every single different group of people to see how they perceive money and to understand where they where they are by the relationship with the finance they have
1: yeah and so you probably yeah you would have found um the the podcast with the Aegon guy um Mm. tom um really interesting because that's more like on behavioral finance and he's a researcher at Aegon. so yeah i imagine you found that really fascinating um so what made you start your own business where did, where did that spring from? From being sort of working employed to now having your own business as well? What what was the transition? Was it having your son?
2: Uh, yes, actually before my son was born. Um, so it was uh, nine years ago. Uh, a colleague of mine, when I, I've been working as a finance manager for since actually 2010. Uh, my colleague of mine came up to me to the office and said that, well, she's a single mom and she struggles with debt. And she can't sleep. It's really, really affect. It's really affecting her. And uh, she asked me that what she could do to teach her son about money, so he will not experience the same pain and struggle. And um, she asked if I could prepare something for for her to teach him about about the finance. So then I asked her like, what exactly you would like me to to teach him about? Um, so she said that why people work for example, about um, savings and the uh, implications with with the debt. If people borrow money, how how they may be stressed and why they are stressed about that. And also about retirement, why it's important to save for the future. So I created in the new notebook a few activities for her so she could teach, teach him about money. And uh, they found it really useful. And uh, then I was invited to his school um, to teach year five about my okay. workshops and then I went to another school and then I ran some half-term clubs and then uh, I became mother myself so
1: <laughs> my <laughs>
2: priority shifted a little bit.
1: Yeah okay got it I love that I love how that started mm. so how long has your
2: business been running for? Well so it was uh, it started as a hobby yeah and uh, I would help uh, people um Every now and then, whenever I could find time and during COVID, I also run uh, free workshops, online workshops for global community. So we had uh, children for, from four continents, I think. Wow, amazing. So that was really, really great. And um, I started writing this, this book some time ago. I mean, it's workbook uh, some time ago. And I really, really focus on that um, to complete it in June because... Um, I ran a little server, survey amongst parents, just to get a, like a flavor. Um, how do they feel about financial education? And so we had ninety parents taking part in the survey, and they said almost everyone said that financial education is uh, literacy is um, is a essential tool for um, success in life. Yeah, I agree with that. Ninety-nine percent said that uh, money should be taught at school. Yeah, but we know that it's not. It's...
1: No, it's not. At the, under- I, I at it's this not like years ago. I had a look at this, and it wasn't. It wasn't included. But then there was an mm. amendment, which I think is. I don't know if it's not until year ten, maybe, mm. maybe year eight, that they there was an element brought in as part of the curriculum that they had to educate. And I think Martin Lewis did a lot of work on that. I don't know if you know any more than more than I do, but um, I certainly know that my daughter's 15 and she's not had any money education. Mm. And, and even though I'm my mum and I can bang on about what I bang on about, but, but they don't listen to your parents half the time and no. um, they don't see the relevance in it 90% of the time. So what I've tried to instill is... Um, the value of money um, with my daughter because, uh, as you well know, we've got horses and horsey stuff. And um, if you have like the numbness, the saddle cloths that sit under the saddles, and then you have like jackets, and then you might have boots or you might have uh, wraps that wrap around the horse's legs, or you might have like these bonnets that sit on the, You they can be all the same color and there's brands for that. And it, when they're all matching colors and it, we would, the term is called matchy-matchy um, in the horsey world. So she's very, what we call matchy-matchy. Um, mm-hmm. So she likes every numna in every color in, um, you know, every kind of tone of red, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but one numna, the saddle cloth can be like 85 pounds. And the value of money, I was for me, was really important for her. My son's very different, um, but for her, I just knew she needed to understand. So um, even if I have the money, I don't give her all of that stuff um, because I think it's important for her to work to earn that money and understand the value of it. So she's been working for the last eight, nine months at a yard and she gets paid about £8 an hour. It's quite basic work but you know she's very good at it Um she recently had to change and she's now doing poo picking so in the rain or come shine yeah with a wheelbarrow picking up poo and she gets paid about 10 pound an hour um now it's just simple flexible work um and and not all kids have the opportunity to do something like that um but what it's given her is the power um of she likes to go to we've got a big shopping center near where we live everyone goes there, all the kids hang out there and, you know, she'll buy a McDonald's or she'll go and buy some makeup or, you know, whatever bits and pieces, which as a parent, that really adds up. That's where they're coming to you saying, can I have 10 pound, 20 pound, 30 pound. And it, you know, it adds up in the month. So for her to have her own money, she's not having to come and ask me for money. And that to me was a really empowering step, but to get her to actually think about retirement and saving anything beyond that i haven't yet achieved it it's it's Mm -hmm. i can explain it and i can educate it um but she's just sort of you know more interested in living in the now and this is behavioral this is what we were talking to thomas about is that a lot of women are very much about the now they don't see the longer term the the bigger future Mm -hmm. whereas my son um i've encouraged him the three jar philosophy which i've learned from joanna martin of one of many um, and that is where you have a give jar, a play jar, and a save jar. So if you have pocket money, you split it into three. He's he's only seven, so he's not pocket money yet. if he has you know spending money or pounds here and there that he finds or from grandparents, that kind of thing, we sort of try and split it into these three pots. And he he likes that feeling, and he's we, we've given his jar the the, the give jar. We've actually. Um, given that to uh, a homeless person and I encouraged him to go and do that so again for me I, I've I've managed so far the saving concept and the idea of giving back and saving for things that you want to save for um, and the, I, I've encouraged them both in terms of a budget so if you've got pocket money of x then you can spend that that's it that's all you've got kind of thing once it's gone it's gone um, because, again, the, the more like the philosophy, I guess, around that spending and um, that the, the, there isn't a blank check, there isn't a bank of mum and dad, there isn't, you know, this endless pot of money, there is limits to it and we have to live what we can, where we can within that. Um, so that's just me sort of sharing a little bit about what I've done with my kids so far, um, but i found it, I, I know that the, young, the younger they are, the soon as you can get, get them into those habits, the better. Um, but it's but it's not educated at school. And it's not, it's a, for, for parents, it's quite a hard thing, I think, to do. Um, I know that, like, with my daughter, unless the school make her do something and make sit her down and make her listen to a subject about something, if I said to her, I'll read this book, she's of a you know she doesn't I'm not listening to you mom you don't know and you you don't know any good (laughs) and I know that's the case for a lot of parents and it is a bit of an uphill struggle Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess um I'm not saying all children are like that that's just that's just my kids but from parents I think I definitely hear similar stories from clients where where their parents so what, what can be done? I mean, obviously, you're, you wrote this book, which is great. And we're sharing on this podcast, those that are listening, um, they can buy the book, and they can encourage their kids to read the book. But when it comes to that, that leap of um, educating our children, what tips would you think are good? What things could I do with my children to sort of encourage that that, that teaching element without feeling like they're being told off or
2: dictated to because especially with teenagers that's quite tricky
1: mm-hmm.
2: yes yeah um I absolutely understand so um right so there are many elements to it so first element is to um have a sit down with ourselves with grown-ups and to see why do we struggle to talk to children about money. So what could be behind it? And quite often, this is what I find when I speak to uh, to families is that uh, they don't feel confident because they struggle themselves with money, right. and they really don't know how to open that conversation. So uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So the first activity I have in uh, in this workbook is is for parents to actually uh, to see what sort of money mindset they have themselves. Okay. So like ma- mindset of the of abundant uh, mindset and there are a few activities to uh to check what sorts of money story they have beca- behind this money mindset so okay. what uh, was the um thing that they remember the parents were saying about money so okay. it's that money is scarce or uh, money doesn't grow on trees or i'm not made of money that sorts of things yeah how they can rewrite the different money story, if they don't like the current that they have at the moment. And um, another activity I have is um, to have a look into um, the, <clears throat> on the financial worries that people may have. So it's that or how to some information, how they could um, uh, overcome that one or uh, go through the, their own financial checklist. So it's. Uh, what sort of loans they have, mortgages and credit cards, and uh, have a look if they have wills and trusts in place to see where is their financial well-being at the moment. Where they are, yeah. And uh, when they reconcile that part, they could they could have a look into um, family values, which family values uh, would they would like to um implementing the teaching about money because every fa- every family is different and what's good for my family may not be essentially good for for your family family when it comes to teaching kids about money and also like i find a lot of parents mum mm-hmm. and the dad or depending
1: on you know ge- genetically if you have two mums two dads which, whichever um But they can be different in their philosophy. So Mm -hmm. I can speak to some clients and they naturally are a saver. um, And then you'll speak to the other parent or the other part of the couple and they're, you know, they're a maverick. They just go and spend their money, however. So, how do you navigate? I mean, obviously, you have probably one person leading this conversation. Mm -hmm. How do you see parents coming together on those family values to enable their children's education? (laughs)
2: Yes. A I... <laughs> so it has to be a compromise somewhere there because family usually go towards one direction. If They are trying to achieve common goal for the family. Let's say go on holiday or buy something. They yeah. need to wrap that around that goal, certain uh, philosophy around that goal. So uh, one person cannot be spending uh, money left, right and center and the other one try to save it because it will not work. so it's same when it comes to teaching kids about money so everyone is different so we need to appreciate that Um, the parents might be very very different and they need to recognize the differences but they also need to recognize the common goal yeah each child is different so one can be maverick the the other one can be a spender yeah (laughs) maverick or a sort of hoarder and yeah. uh, so we need to recognize that everyone is different, and everyone's got different strengths, and uh, there are ways to play around, um, around that one to to um, reach that goal.
1: Yeah, no, I get that, and it's um, I think our oh, only thing I would I guess add to what you've said is, I, and I really like what you said about having the common goal, um, is then allocating the money in a way that everyone, it's got a job. So okay, if, if you if you are, I think it also comes back down to um who's paid what and how, and how as a family unit that's divvied up. So in some households, let's just say one part particular partner doesn't work, they their primal role is to look after the children around the household. That could be male or female. Um, and the other one goes to work and is full-time that income that comes in is it does it go with all of it into a joint account um, for it to be shared equally or is it a case of an allowance is paid into another account um, and then that's what spent the bills on and this is one of my points where women should still be paying into pensions if they are choosing not to work at that period of time of their life and um, they, sh- they shouldn't have these big gaps and I, I say should it happened to myself so I'm talking from experience where we have gaps in our um, employment pensions uh, therefore we have gaps in our employment therefore our pensions mm. um, and or it might be a case that um you know the money's split 50 50 the salary comes in for one person and someone get, one gets half one gets the other half or all the bills come out of one account like a, deciding as a team how this money's divvied up and i'd hope to think that in in healthy relationships it's not that um the one that's earning it keeps all the money and doesn't um share it in a way that is the other doesn't feel this value because that can be technically legally financial control which is actually in the UK illegal um so I think it does it, it about have these are tricky conversations to have potentially before you've even got to the kids. So those relationship conversations I think are are crucial to and, and I think for a lot of women they they can struggle with those conversations because if they're not the main earner Mm-hmm. and for the power is with their partner and it's always been a you know in your book you talk about money habits and good money habits and this money mindset if you've got a, a person that is not sharing that money and it's mainly that you know you're just given the, the the money to pay the bills and go to shopping and pay for stuff but you don't actually have anything spare in the first place mm-hmm. that can affect your money mindset because you're feeling like it's not yours you're feeling like you know you haven't got an abundance you're you're feeling that, you know, there's a level of control in terms of how much you've got spare Um, and, and that can affect the conversation. We talked about, you know, you, you came to the UK with a certain mindset and you've talked about how we, you know, looking at the mindset that you have from your parents, this, what I'm talking about right now is what will affect your children's mindset. So, it's important to have these conversations I think you're really you're right to bring this up um because actually that the things that they're hearing the kids are hearing in the house about whose money's what who's doing what with it who owns what who's who's in more debt who's who's buying the goods who's spending um you know all of that is what the children are hearing more than anybody else on a day-to-day basis, which will affect their money mindset and mm. therefore their success. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's such an important, how we introduce this to the children, I feel is like a really
2: part, part of the bigger part of the struggle, I think, than, than anything else. Absolutely. So uh, children, we teach children uh, subconsciously about money. So whatever conversation we have with our spouse, whatever um, reaction we have towards the bills or shopping kids are picking up and um, yeah so being a parent I know that kids are actually learning from this what they see not this what we are telling them Um, uh, so our behavior around the money the conversation that we have with everyone um, uh, really really have the major effect on children so um, how do we start I think that the age I started teaching my kid, my son, when he was uh, three years old. So when I was uh, uh, sure that he's not gonna eat the coins, so uh, I would give him um, some coins to put in the piggy bank, and then he will rattle that. He knew that there's something in that. And then um, uh, when I was selling some of, um, let's say, his clothes, he grew out of some of some clothes, he would see the exchange that thing for the money. So that is when he was older and so on. Um, Yeah, so um, children will basically pick up this what we do um, and not necessarily this what we're telling them that they need to be doing. Sometimes I came across uh, some of my... um, the parents i i look after they would say that oh agatha you tell you tell him you tell her my child about how they're supposed to deal with money because they don't listen to me so <laughs> um yeah because the kids are i basically um uh, picking up this what what we
1: yeah what it's 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 difficult it's it's difficult to challenge the, the challenges that we have around us either with the couples in the relationships or the children mm-hmm um what one one tip that a lot of people talk about is um is having a, a relationship uh, a money date sorry with your partner so you can sit down with your partner and say look this is what i want to do this is what i'm thinking can we can we do this together that that's the first thing let's get the objectives and the goals together um let's talk about how we're talking and, and just be open to how the conversation is going to go and then with the with the kids um it's about you know let's just say like i think your idea about bringing the common goal together it's having the conversation with the kid and saying okay what's your goal what what, what do you want to achieve in 3 months time what would you like to have, have, have achieved? and this is, i guess i do that with emily my daughter in different ways so um she talked at one point of buying a red fleece rug for shows like a show rug and they're not they're about 80 90 quid And she'd already had Christmas and birthday and stuff. And I said, no, it's not going to happen. You know, you're working now. You need to start saving a little bit. And I gave her envelopes. So she wasn't great with her bank account. She likes more of a physical person. And she got paid in cash. And so um, I gave her envelopes and said, put, you know, you've got paid, say, like £30. You put £10 in that one, £10 in that one, £10 in that one. And a similar philosophy with that, the pay, the save and the um, give um she's less on the giving side a teenager a little boy was a little bit more um up for that um but more was one was like a long-term savings one was for this rug goal and then the other one was for her to just to go and spend shopping you know mcdonald's or whatever it is teenagers buy um and that did help for a period of time um and now um it, it's sort of gone a bit by the wayside but i think there's less lessons in there somehow right because then when she comes to me and she says oh i want this or i want that I'm saying, well, you've got to say for it that you've got you've got to be disciplined. You've got to put the boundaries in place and say, you know, you you're going to have to say for it. You, you, I'm not going to give everything to you all the time. That that's you know, it's not it's, you've got to wait for Christmas or you've got to wait for your birthday, um, and but having doing it in a way that they don't feel like they're uh, what's the word? Um, t- teenagers and kids like to be the victim, don't they? Sometimes like it's all wow, woe is me. <laughs> you don't love me um, and it's like no this is this is this is a loving conversation Like mm-hmm. the money is not connected to my love it's about you know and, and, and position it in a way that they understand it's about them empowering themselves about having control themselves um so that they have control of their financial future rather than always relying on our pet pa- and parents for everything all of the time um I'm not sure where I where, where we kicked off with that Um, So let's bring it back because, you know, I feel like it's such an interesting subject. So we talked so far about parents' mindsets, parents' relationships, introducing the conversation to children, some tips around, um, you know, how you can start to have those conversations with kids. Um, And I know you talk about that a lot more in Chapter 3 of your book. Um, So what would be some other tips that you might give parents in terms of the conversations with children in, in particular? when they're actually the education piece. I liked what you said right at the beginning where you was asked by a parent just to teach children why they go to work. <laughs> and as you said that, I thought, oh my God, that's so obvious, but I can understand why. Like, yeah, my seven year old would say, well, said to me last week, why, why do you work mummy? Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt that like that's such a simple thing
2: yeah yes oh, part of it why
1: why we go to work is to earn money to put you know into explaining how bills work and how mortgages work and how rents work. how do you start with that how do you explain mm. economics to a seven-year-old
2: yes to a, a seven-year-old um right uh so why do we work we work we exchange our services for um tokens of appreciation which we called money and um Um, and we use that tokens of appreciation the money to pay for things and what do we need And then um, I could take him for a shopping and said look this is what we actually need this is our shopping list and look how much everything costs so we need to have enough money to actually pay for that and then I let him open um, uh, the bills that they come in so I still get the paper bills because I want him to see the physical thing that comes in so he can have a look. Okay, so this is how much we spend on electricity. We need to work to have money to pay for that. And this is how much um, is for the internet. So I, I really encourage parents to familiarize children with this what's going on when, when it comes to bills, not making this a secret or a taboo, just to make it as easy and comfortable conversation as it could possibly be. Um, yeah, so I tell him that uh, people go to work because um, we need to pay for things, we need to pay for living in the house, we need to pay for food, we've got a pet we need to look after and uh, every day, every day living. And so uh, this is how how we started basically that's great i love that that's, yeah i love the fact that you um get him to open your bills
1: um and get and get him to look at what they actually are and what mm-hmm. they look like that's a great practical way of starting with it um and would you go as far as explaining the fi- the family finances and actually list all the you know explain what you know i know in your book you talk about what assets are what liabilities are cash flow mm-hmm. etc would you go as far as actually showing that, showing him your cash flow your assets your liabilities or would you just
2: you, would you not give them too much information? Uh, he's not ready at the moment of too much information. He wouldn't be able to absorb it. Uh, but when children go uh, bigger and you can you can tell how mature they are in their mind, they can understand how the family um, money system actually works. And uh, you could then teach them and explain why we do things the way, the way we do. So it just really depends on the child's uh, development. And in the book, I... Um, uh had a, a little a chapter, uh, life and money skills map, where uh, parents can actually have um, some information about where the child could be um, when it comes to the development, what sorts of topics uh, we can approach them with. Um, yes, but this what I'm um, really pushing forward is to make sure that the money conversation is not a taboo. It's really easy as what we are having for dinner tonight or oh, um yeah that's that's very easy uh, that can that conversation with children perfect
1: um so i can see that i'm just looking at your book and pages of your, your book now as i've got the pdf and it sort of talks about stage one uh, which is five to eight years old mm-hmm. uh, and money skills to master beginning understanding the difference between needs and wants Um, which I I don't think I know many adults that really understand the difference between needs and wants um, from a spending perspective. But I think it's a really interesting seed to plant um, because for children to understand that, like, you know, my daughter doesn't need, she'd argue this, she doesn't need a a show rug. She's actually only used it once. So, you know, do you really need it? Um, But no, she wants it. And I think, um, you know, having those sort of conversations is interesting. And then between uh, stage two, which is nine to 12, um, show show entrepreneurial spirit um, and aware of earned money and the cost and I guess that's that's sort of a little bit of the conversation I've been having with Emily about that entrepreneurial paying for yourself and where the value of that money what it really means able to balance simple checking account and keep up with savings accounts yeah she, she's still in that spending mindset she has got a bank account um, and she tends to, you know, just zap away like men, like 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 all of us, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's it's about having that consciousness. Um, I think as we grow older, it's very easy to spend in in that way. Um, and then the next stage it's is uh, 13 to 15 learns how to uh, to shop com- um, competitively, um, and the relationship between time and money, and maybe initiate small ventures. Um, so, but what point in the sort of the stages do you introduce investing? I know you talked about retirement, um but at what point do you start talking about investing? And I, I know that you have done a little bit of that with your son. I think I saw a post on Facebook where you started to show him. um I don't know if it was a footsie or something <laughs> like that, and he was asking you like, "What does what does the red and green mean? Is red good or is green good?" And um, what, what at what point
2: do you start? You know. In, in, talking about investing um you may be surprised but um i would say even at five years old wow really yes and there are different ways to do it so uh, for example uh, little children are really good at observing nature so now we are in autumn and you've got plenty of seeds lying around and uh, so the way i taught the little one about investing is we've got few seeds and if you plant those seeds like um, we happen to have our little <laughs> creatures planting those seeds around uh, some of them are going to sprout into trees so this is how they put some um, acorns aside like squirrels and they can sprout into big trees with lots of different acorns Um, so there are different elements of investing you can teach children at different stages okay. uh, so yeah so five-year-olds can very easily pick up this the idea so we also had uh, allotment so we are planting seeds and my son could see pumpkins popping out in the autumn and he could see so many seeds inside and this is how it happens you put some on the side nourish it and then it's gonna grow into much more uh, abundant fruits later on in in the season Um, he says observing nature from year five and for example, when my son was two year old, uh, we opened for him a uh, junior ISA mm-hmm. and um, um, we were paying, like, some money into it. And so when he's going to be 18 and then he can have some seed money for something that he wants. And uh, he had a look at the statement. So every now and then when the statement comes in, he looks into it and he can see how the money grows. And he yep. can it to his uh, current account. Uh, how and you can see what sorts of in, that the interest is something like a free money that the banks will pay him good it like so there are different stages in the child development that they can actually understand um, about investing yeah so,
1: and, and all of this is really important because otherwise you know like me i got into a lot of debt when i was about 19 i had a car accident um, and um, i worked in a bank so i knew how debt worked um, i know how to get apply for credit cards i knew how to manage loans and um, because of the car accident I sort of just went out and spent lots of money it made me feel good it made me feel good about myself so I'd buy new shoes new clothes new everything but I came from a, as I talked about in my book I don't come from a you know a wealthy really rich family and I was happy safe you know not, nothing nasty but from a mindset it wasn't an abundant mindset mm-hmm. so then when I had my own money all of a sudden I just spent it um like went crazy um know, I, I paid for myself to go through college when I was sixteen. I worked in KFC. I worked in factories packing fruit until midnight. I had to understand the value of money very, very early on through through force more than anything. Um, but through that process, um, I was never taught about. You know, my dad opened a bank a bank account for me at eighteen, um, and I didn't really understand what the bank account was, how savings worked, how credit cards worked. And then when I worked in the bank, I did understand how it all worked. But um, uh, I don't think I understood the mindset around debt. I just was living in the now kind of thing. And that was all that was important at that time. So some of the things that you're talking about to give a perspective on finances, I think is really, really crucial. You know, that needs, the wants, the budgeting um, and generally the economy. And I think we're taught adults um, by, it's a bit like, in america with big pharma they're talking a lot in america about how the political system is fed by how they're financially supported um we as a as a world especially in the uk and such like countries we have a similar kind of situation where you know the banks are funding a lot of events and lots of things lots of marketing um, we're not not it's not about we're not taught what debt means we're almost encouraged to take debt because you'll hear it on the radio as you're driving your car about taking out a loan you'll see an advert when you're at the cinema for the next latest car you're um you know in that whole competitiveness around you know keeping up with the joneses around having the latest the bigger house you know get a get a bit of bigger mortgage um we're we're sort of the the whole environment is based around not taking a step back and always pushing forward for the next thing the next thing the next thing and often then living beyond your means so i feel like as a society um who's going to teach this stuff because at the end of the day who's going to benefit from it it's not the banks you know having less debt um yes having more savings but a lot of the time, that the whole economical system they they bat, they're a balancing act. It's like you know an, eco, an economical ecological system environment that feeds off each other. Um, so they sort of get their interest from the debt, so that they can then give back interest rates in the savings, for example. So, I think when we talk about money uh, with our kids, it's, it's it's the mindset piece is is so crucial, and alongside the education to ensure that they understand that you know their job is not to be in debt by the time they're 23 buy a house at 25 and by the time they're 30 they're having to work their tush off mm. to basically clear more debt and then they have children and then they're strapped up even more i think it's it's important that we've got to encourage savings less debt you know a more basic car a more simple lifestyle and living within those means and that's absolutely fine because I see them, I see many people in their fifties that haven't saved enough, um, and you know haven't got enough of a pension, and they wish that they knew this stuff as they're growing up. Or they wish they knew what they knew now when we were when we were younger. So how we encourage that, you know, your, the work that you do, I think, is so important um, to try and take a shift um, so that when we hear those adverts about you know the latest car and you can get a car loan, for example. This is, that's the most easiest thing I can come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, we we're, we're not we're not going. Yeah, well, I can afford that because I can afford three hundred pounds a month. Let's go and do it. We only we need to be thinking differently. And like, yes, you need a car. Yes, you need to get around. But do you need a twenty five grand car? Um, even though you get two years free servicing. Even though you get you know a very low APR. Mm-hmm. Do you need Do you need to be spending that? Because what happens in four years time is you have a balloon payment. Or you've got to swap it in and carry on with that debt yeah it why not take out a five grand loan if you have to mm-hmm. get a cheaper car yes it will cost more slightly maybe more to run mm-hmm. but in five years time you own it and then you can you, and, and, and cars aren't depreciating in value as much as they were in the past so if you buy some smart mm-hmm. or you save and you buy maybe a 10 grand car along with a small car loan or yeah. if you save previously and you know the payment that for example the junior ice that your son could get yeah you know that could go towards a car for example which is what we're doing with for our children mm-hmm. um, you know you're you're encouraging that sort of the right start in life but handing them a, a you know a check of 30 40 grand is not is not all of the answer and i see a lot of clients come to me with that where they're like i want to save for my children they get this lump sum and i and i sort of we have the conversation of okay well, you do realize as a junior isa they will inherit all of that money at 18 and like one will go, yeah, that'd be their problem. They can learn from it. Another one client would say, um, no, I don't want that. Can we, can we, I'll keep it in my name and I'll keep it in a separate account. Um, and they can get it when they're 21 or 25. Um, others will say, yeah, I, I, I want to make sure I'm educating them. That, that, so it really does depend on the person and the relationship and the child as okay. to which route they take. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, one way is right or wrong. Um but um having having that thought process is should should definitely be considered Absolutely. Um, so as we ra- wrap up today um and our conversation i think we've talked about quite a lot of different e- areas uh, you know teaching um the children to say the philosophy the money mindset the needs and the wants the stages of the things you can start to introduce how you can introduce it um is is there like is there a nugget in your book that we haven't discussed that we need, you you feel like you should definitely mention today is there another tool or um exercise that you think is really helpful that
2: we maybe haven't touched upon uh, well so this what i i think that it's really important is to teach children the difference between assets and liabilities so yeah. if you're buying a car which is uh, just to uh, go to buy grocery That's basically a liability, so we don't really need to spend so much money into into that. And again, kids are going to see what we do and they're going to copy us. So to be aware of this, what we actually are doing and the message that we are passing on to our kids. And family, um, the household, should be a safe place for children to practice financial discipline and financial uh, knowledge. So let them fail um, in the safe environment of of, of the house. So if they're gonna spend money on things that you don't really believe they should, let them experience that to and learn from their own mistakes. That's mm-hmm. what I think is, is important because house is a safe environment and our role as a parent is to prepare children for um for adulthood. Yeah. And if, if we ca- can catch them in the net, the safety net, and they can learn from the mistakes, that's mm-hmm. that's actually I think a really good job.
1: Perfect. So, how can people connect with you? Um, what's the best way to get access to your
2: book? Oh, thank you. Right. So, uh, the book is uh, gonna be available on Amazon really soon. I'm just waiting for for the um, the last approval, <laughs> and and also it can be downloaded from uh, from the website. And you can get in in touch with me on uh, mymoneymyhoney.co.uk called uk, or I'm also on Facebook and uh, uh, LinkedIn perfect i'll put a link to the website so that people can go to
1: your website and they can download it from there um, and if they were searching for it on amazon if they want that sort of a hard copy rather than a pdf or mm-hmm. um, i don't know if it'd be on kindle or not the book is called your uh, money money coach your kids is that is that right yes yeah it's a workbook yeah yeah and it's more so it's more of a workbook um yeah. than, than a sort of chapter and verse education book
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so would you say it's for people that? Are, are, mediumly educated themselves or that to then help their children would you say it's for people that have a a very low understanding of financial education you know for example in in your book you talk about insurances you talk about wills, um, and that's that might be more relating to them themselves or you talk about investing and saving Mm -hmm. and would you say there's some like a step that if those there are parents who are maybe not comfortable having those conversations because they mm-hmm. don't really understand it themselves is there, is there any sort of recommendations that you would have for them or do you think it's easy enough for anyone to follow um i
2: think it's it's easy for everyone pretty really, to have a look and uh if, if they they are um familiar with the inv- with the investments and wills and trust maybe they need some support in how to talk to children about money what sorts of activities are age appropriate so the, this is where they're also going to find that in that this workbook. Perfect. Now, it looks like a really good exercise for people to do. And
1: um, I think anyone that can just start to have a little bit of more, even if it's self-awareness or personal awareness, that they can then have these conversations with their children, um, then I think it's always a really positive. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. And we will share um, this on social so that people can get in touch with you um, if they want a a copy of the workbook. Um, So those listening, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, Please do leave a review, as always. Um, If you have a subject you want me to discuss with uh, somebody in the future or a suggestion of a podcast you'd like me to talk about, then do message me, um, which is um, Rebecca at RebeccaRobertson.co.uk. And I will see it. Um, So do get in touch and let me know um otherwise from today it's goodbye from me um it's goodbye from Agatha and um do get in touch with her um, and get a copy of her workbook Thanks thank very you very much cheers
0: thank you thank you for joining us on today's episode of accelerate your wealth for further help or to connect with rebecca directly please head over to the website www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk where you can find further information on our planner book and how to further maximise your wealth. Our sponsor Evolution Financial Planning for regulated advice on pensions, investments, mortgages, insurances on www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk forward slash podcast.